The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's up, everybody? It's Friday. Friday. I wish I had the energy to do it. It's not 6 a.m. <laughs> uh, oh, good. So that means that I can get away with not having to play your quirky little tune. Yeah, why didn't you play it? Eric. It, it's like a... You know, everything that's like I a create, one, you're one like, hit oh, wonder. Well, uh, well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Hey, Eric, I made this mind about Utah State. No, we'll see, we'll see. I don't know. Probably not. Because I just, I don't want you, you know, trying to take over the airwaves. Kill. <laughs> this sucks. That's right. That, that is, I need a new job. That is a regular conversation that we have. If any of you are working at McDonald's and know of them hiring, please give me a call. <laughs> 435-494-9934. Big show for us today. Oh, fun show, man. So, really cool interview we've got coming up here in just a few moments. Um, Anthony Robles, uh, just an amazing athlete, born with only one leg, and uh, yet he went on to achieve some really amazing things in the world of wrestling. Uh, a three-time All-American, he's a national champion, he's a Guinness World Record holder. Uh, if you watch uh, wrestling, he is a commentator for ESPN. Uh, so he's coming to town. He's going to be at Ridgeline High School next Saturday, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow, and he'll be doing a, a free event for anybody to go and hear his story. It's a really inspirational story worth checking out for, honestly, anybody who feels like they need a good story about overcoming obstacles. Which, who doesn't need a good story about a guy who's yeah, a no two-time SB winner, uh, a guy who is a Guinness World Record title holder for pull-ups in one minute? 62! 62! And by the way, there's a movie script on his life that is completed. Um, and uh, a director is attached to filming his schedules for uh, 2019 or something like that. Uh, dude, I, you know what? Hey, I'll give you five bucks if you, like, when he's making a speech, if you go try tackling and get in a wrestling match. <laughs> if, I, if I try a takedown move on him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give him the fireman's carry. Just see what happens. <laughs> I don't think that will end well. For me, it'd be great for all of us, entertainment-wise, though. Uh, he's a he's a big dude. <laughs> yeah, and then the crazy thing is, he's had all this success without one complaining and whining and, and feeling pity for himself. Two, without a leg, we already know that. I mean, he has like a. I mean, he's he's one leg and he had all this success on the map, but but it's off the map what he does. It's his character. It's his attitude. It's his motivation to succeed. Um. Stuff like that. I just, how would you not want to be around someone like that? And how would you not want to hear from somebody like that? So. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. It's next Saturday at Ridgeline High. Um, should be a lot of fun. Uh, so we look forward to having him on here with us in just a few moments. Also, recap what happened in game one between the Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors. That game was a lot of fun. And uh, we'll also preview game two which is coming up, and we've already heard some announcements about who may or may not be available for that game. Yeah, Kevin Durant out for Game 2. Andre Iguodala is uh, going to play Game 2. Last night, Toronto just had their way with uh, Golden State. Um, Of course, uh, 
Siakam was the biggest part of that. There's some crazy stats that they'll get to in uh, later in the hour, and uh, we'll and, and then there's, there's some breakdown of the game that I want to share with you guys. That when you watch the game, um, you figure out why Toronto is being successful, and it's more so the opponent that they're facing, which is the craziest thing to say. Uh, Eric, but this is an honor uh, to, to bring on such an incredible, respected man uh, around the country and around the world uh, like, like this gentleman, like our next guest. Yeah, Anthony Robles, he's done a lot of amazing things in his uh, career uh, in the world of wrestling. He's done a lot of great things afterwards, and uh, he's going to be sharing a lot of that when he comes to Cache Valley next week. And he joins us now in the Full Court Press. Anthony, thanks for spending some time with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you guys for taking the time to speak with me. Uh, before we get into the event that's coming up and, and why you're going to be in town uh, this n- next week, um, if you wouldn't mind, I mean, this this is an incredible journey that you've you've been on. At what point in your young life did you feel like, I yes, I, I've been born without a leg, but I'm going to make something of this regardless. Uh, at what point was that? Did the light switch for you, or that you felt like I'm not going to just be sad about my condition or about my life experience here? I'm going to go out and still do something with it. Honestly, I'd say you know from day one, my mom just instilled that mentality into me. You know, I, I, I being born missing my leg, I knew I was different from my siblings growing up, but uh, my mom, uh, she never allowed me to use it as an excuse. And she always just, just told me, basically, you know, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be something you have to figure out. And so I just grew up thinking it was just going to be a, a puzzle, you know, that nothing was going to hold me back. It was just certain things I'd have to do differently. But I'd say right around 14, when I got introduced to wrestling, that's when I, I really kind of took a step outside of my comfort zone and said, okay, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make something myself. This is what I'm going to focus on, and uh, I'm not going to stop till I reach the mountaintop. So what then made you or gave you that motivation or gave you the thought that, hey, I can do this sport and I can be darn good at it? What what brought that or gave you that light bulb to click on? It was actually finishing last place my uh, freshman year, believe it or not, in high school. That was my first year wrestling, and um, I finished last place in the city tournament in Mesa, Arizona. And, you know, I just remember just sitting there after that final tournament was over, just being discouraged and kind of just thinking about all my losses that season and all the people that doubted me. And uh, it was a turning point for me. You know, I, I just remember thinking to myself, I can either continue to feel sorry for myself and, and just really listen to what other people say and their low expectations of me, or um, I could be unstoppable is what I like to say. You know, I, I can grind it out and um, just be willing to push as hard and as long as I need to, to reach my goal. And um, that's what I decided to do. I have a little sticky note in my trophy case that I wrote down when I was 14. It says state champion on it. And, and uh, from there, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And I just kept setting my goals higher and higher in wrestling. So the you started to improve, obviously. You made it onto the uh, the wrestling team at Arizona State. What was that experience like, being able to go and translate what you were doing in high school to the collegiate level? Uh, you know, I, I was blessed with a great high school career. I had two-time, uh, two-time high school state champion, high school national champion, and ended up walking on to Arizona State because the Division One schools didn't think I could compete at that level because of my listening leg. But, you know, being at Arizona State, I was just grateful for the opportunity. You know, that, that's really all I ever wanted was just a chance to show what I had. But, honestly, I remember stepping in that room for the first time, and, you know, the, the, our coach asked us, he said, how many of you guys are state champions? And about, I'd say, three-quarters of the room raised their hand. And he said, how many of you guys are runners-up? And then the rest of the room raised their hand. So, you know, it, it was very humbling to be – in a room with that much wrestling talent and 
Um, I got humbled quite a bit on the wrestling mat that first year, but uh, I, I loved it. You know, it was just another challenge for me, and, and it was a sport that just really helped me to uh, help me to see what I was made of on the inside. This, and I'm not trying to be condescending at all when I ask this question. What was the most difficult thing wrestling on the mat, especially at the D1 level at Arizona State? What did you find the most difficult challenge for you? Uh, I'd say for me, you know, all the way through was just finding my balance. You know, because I'm missing a leg, my balance is a little bit different than the other wrestlers out there. And, you know, I didn't really have someone that I could imitate. And so my high school and my college coaches, we were basically just crafting a whole new style of wrestling for me specifically. And it was basically just going to the drawing board and trying things out. And so I'd say that was probably the toughest thing was just finding my balance in certain situations, certain positions I wanted to get into that I felt strong in, in certain situations I wanted to stay out of because I felt uncomfortable. You know, I felt like it gave my opponent an advantage but in the big picture as we started to come up with this style this really unique style that people had never seen before it actually became an advantage for me because i could train for my opponent you know i could train for someone who was tall for someone who was short and stocky but they they couldn't necessarily train for someone who was missing a leg they didn't have someone like that in their room so it really became a benefit for me have you seen um people throughout the country, others with similar conditions as yours or similar conditions they've had to go through that uh, they've seen what you've done and you've helped inspire them to, to, to try the sport of wrestling and have some success? I have. It, it's been an amazing honor just to be able to give back to wrestling and to these young wrestlers coming up who maybe they're missing legs or, or hands or arms. And, uh, that's what I love about the sport. One of the many things I love about the sport is that it's all-inclusive. You know, you just go in there with what your natural abilities are, what you've been born with, and you find a style that works for you. And, um, you know, wrestling, it's allowed me to just give back in a way for two individuals like, like myself, you know, who, who kind of may, may struggle with these hardships, who may be looked on from society as, you know, they're lacking something. And it's, it just gives us an opportunity to say, you know what, you know, I'm going to take control of my own destiny. I'm going to choose what I want to do and, and, you know, set my goals and go for them. So, it's been an amazing journey and just an honor to be able to be an ambassador and give back and, and just mentor young wrestlers coming up. Uh, when you look at the sport of wrestling, where it is right now, what is your thoughts on, on where it is? Has a, has, is? Is the popularity of it gaining, or I mean, do you feel like it needs to be pushed more? Uh, where do you see wrestling now? Well, I absolutely feel like it, wrestling needs to be pushed more, but uh, I'm happy to say that I believe the sport is growing. You know, I know for a little while there, there are quite a few college programs being dropped, but uh, most recently it was the Pac-12 that announced that the University of Arkansas Little Rock is adding a wrestling program in. And high school wrestling has continued to grow, especially women's wrestling. So it's an exciting time to be a wrestler and, and a wrestling fan, just to see that the sport just to continue to, to grow it and just, uh, become, just become popular like it once was. Because I believe it teaches you so many life lessons. You know, there's so many things that you can you can learn on the mat that can transition to everyday life that I've learned, like accountability, like discipline, like just going out there and giving it your best, no matter what the score is. You know, and so I just believe that it's it's a great tool for young men and women coming up to be able to learn these life lessons through. Again, we're talking to Anthony Robles. He's a uh, three-time All-American and a national champion with wrestling. And Anthony, since you left the the, the college ranks. You've gone on to do some other pretty amazing things. You've uh, been involved with broadcasting and uh, following the sport uh, around the country, but you've also done some things kind of away from that a little bit and written a book, and and it sounds like there maybe somebody's going to be making a movie about your experience. What's that been like? 
Uh, it's been an amazing journey. You know, I always tell people I'm just, I've been extremely blessed and uh, it's been a fun ride ever since graduating. The wrestling commentating at ESPN and Pac-12, I mean, writing my book, uh, just my whole life story, it was crazy just to be able to do that. You know, just to put everything that I was, a lot of things I was uncomfortable saying, I, I put in that book and I felt like it was my way of reaching those individuals like myself, you know, who struggle with challenges and, and, and who, who feel like they're alone. And, uh, man, I, I've just been, I've been blessed. You know, I, I've been honored with these opportunities and I'm trying to make the most of them. And, and with this wrestling camp coming up with the movie coming up around the corner, we're getting ready to film. It's just been an amazing ride. And I'm just trying to make the most of these opportunities. I really want to give back to the sport and give back to the, uh, the youth that are coming up, because I think especially during this time, uh, there needs to be more positive role models. And that's why I'm, I'm trying to use this platform to be one of those role models. Uh, yeah, I'd say you have accomplished that and more, Anthony, if I might, uh, if I might dare say. I mean, you, you're a thank two- you. Yeah, well, no, well, thank you what you do here. I mean, I look at this list of things and everything you do is not for attention, it seems like. It's, it's to motivate and to lift and to inspire other people. It's to is to build other people up, and that's what's so amazing about you. I mean, I look at your list of accomplishments, and it's all well. It's about my mom, or it's about these people who've helped me get to where I'm at. Let me ask you, what's the biggest lesson that you have uh, that you've been taught, or the best piece of advice you've been given to get where you're at now? Uh, well, I'd say two things. Number one, just keep your head down and take it one step at a time. You know, you, you, it's easy to focus on the big picture and the big goal, and you know, you start getting discouraged the longer it takes. Uh, the, the longer that journey is, the harder it is to, to stay on track every single day. So I say focus on one step at a time. And also uh, what I've learned and, and what the special people in my life have shared with me and have shown me is, you know, once you get to your goal, it's not all about you. you got to turn around at that point and, and help, help others out. You know, start giving back. you got to be the voice in the crowd, as I like to say, you know, for someone else. Cheer on them as they're wrestling through their life challenges and wrestling for their goals. And, you know, that, that's, my, that's my goal now. You know, I'm, I want to be that voice in the crowd for others who are going through their challenges. So you're coming to Ridgeline High School a week from tomorrow. It's coming up next Saturday. There's a, a wrestling clinic that's going on, from what I understand. Uh, uh, lots of schools from all over are going to be able to participate. Uh, kids from various different places will be there. And uh, then later that evening, anybody, doesn't matter if you are have a kid in wrestling or not, anybody's welcome to come and attend, and uh, you'll be speaking uh, to folks, it, what what's going to happen there that night? What what kind of message are you planning on sharing with us? Well, I'm basically going to be sharing my whole life story, and what I titled it is uh, being unstoppable. You know, I, I was born missing my leg to a single mom who was 16 years old, and uh, you know, we we both had our challenges going through, and, and that's what I'm going to share with people is that I wrestled not just on the mat but off the mat as well. And despite whatever you're wrestling with, whatever the challenges are, you can be unstoppable. And that's the message I want to get across. Is no matter what you face, you have to choose to be unstoppable, and you can do it. With the challenges today, with it seems like people have anxiety higher than ever. <laughs> people are stressed out more than ever. Uh, we see high rates of, of teen suicides. Uh, it's a real problem. Uh, this this message I would think should really resonate with a lot of people today with the environment that we're in. Uh, absolutely. I, I agree. And, and, you know, that's something that's it's near and dear to my heart. Like you said, there's so much going on and, you know, I mean, bullying is, is bigger than ever now. And uh, I feel like that youth age, it's, it's hard to reach, you know, but if I can just change 
one individual's life, then I, I've done my job. You know, that, that's my goal. Every time I have an event, every time I have a, a wrestling clinic, if I can just reach somebody and just allow them to walk away. And, you know, even if they forget what I said, if they can just remember I had a positive impact on them and they can remember something that will get them through a, a speed bump in their life, then I accomplished my goal. And that's, that's what I'm doing now. Uh, I want to ask you what it's like to be a two-time SB Award recipient of the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance and Best Male Athlete with a Disability. What does that mean to you? Oh, man, both extremely honored to get those awards. You know, and, and <laughs> it's, it's still surreal to me. You know, I, I walk into my living room, I have a trophy case, and you know, I have my, my three, three All-American trophies there, my SB plaques, and, and you know, just to see where I, where I started to remember where I started and see how far I've come. It's been a blessing. And to receive the Jimmy V especially, the Jimmy V Award, I mean, the speech that he gave before he passed away, that, that's my all-time favorite. You know, that, that's something I always watch as a motivation to myself personally. So to get that award, I, I tried to leave my heart out there in, in my speech. And I think uh, I did a great job. I had some amazing help from my speaking coach, Dan Clark, and writing my speech in the Unstoppable poem. And, uh, you know, it, it's just been it, – it's – man – Every day, it's just been a blessing. Every day, I just feel very fortunate to be where I'm at and have the opportunities I do. So I just want to thank those people out there who continue to support me. And uh, really, I just want to thank God for the opportunities I've been given. Anthony, i got to ask you, there's a movie being made about you. Now, A, what is that like, knowing that there's a movie being made about you? And B, do you get a chance to approve of the character play? I mean, do you want I mean, Rock Johnson? <laughs> do you want Marcus Kevin Cubing? I mean, you, I mean, do you get to choose? What is this like, man? it's it's been a dream you know and and the closer we get to the actual production date it's just it's crazy i'm I'm excited and i do have some input on on who's going to be playing me i i initially told them keep telling people i want denzel washington but they say he's a little too old (laughs) (laughs) but uh the exciting thing is I'll, i'll be getting to do the wrestling scenes i get the opportunity to do all the wrestling scenes for my character so that's another goal right now i set for myself personally i'm, I'm getting back down to my wrestling weight and training and getting ready for that so can't wait speaking of training i, I gotta ask you about this world record that you set uh, a year ago uh so this as we're clearly discovering you're not somebody that sits still for very long and you're finding other things to still stay busy <laughs> and inspire and motivate other people uh tell us about this this world record that you sent uh, you said about a year ago uh, well, I, I had the honor of setting the Guinness World Record for most pull-ups in a minute. I did 62. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> the way that all came about is, you know, just, just being a, an athlete, being a wrestler, uh, I, I was, I'm was i always lifting in the gym. You know, I'm, I work out every single day, but I felt like I, I hadn't really had the chance since my national title to really really give myself a physical challenge. And uh, I always tell people you, you never be satisfied with where you're at. You know, you always try to step outside of your comfort zone, always try to push a little bit higher. And uh, I was coming up on my 30th birthday, and I was thinking, man, I want to, I want to <laughs> do something big before my 30th. And so I set the goal of, of training for that Guinness record and trained for a year, uh, put on about 10 pounds of muscle mass, and uh, <laughs> went for it. And my body was dead, and it took me about two weeks to recover afterwards. But uh, mission accomplished. Now I was happy I went for it. Does that still stand, or has somebody uh, topped you? Someone topped me. What? It was actually, yes, they did. It was actually the, the former record holder, um, Adam Sandell. Oh, and, and so uh, <laughs> he, he, he broke it, and, you know, I, I, was, I was mad when I first heard he broke it. But honestly, now I'm excited because he's giving me some competition again. 
And so now <laughs> he's got a he's got a couple other pull up records. So now I'm training. I want to get those records from him. So that's those are my goals now. I'm, I'm going after him. <laughs> nice. You're a, you're a Pac-12 uh, Network uh, wrestling analyst. You're also um, uh, named 2015 National Wrestling Media Association's Broadcaster of the Year. So let me ask you, since you're the expert on wrestling, in regards of uh, this upcoming season, who stands out in the Pac-12 in wrestling, but also in the country? Oh, there's always the the uh, elites of Iowa, Penn State, and so on and so forth. But what about in the Pac-12? Any contenders? I don't, I don't want to sound biased because I'm a former Sun Devil, but Arizona State, they're, they're making some amazing strides. I mean, they, they had a, a returning national champion coming back, Zahid Valencia. Uh, I want to say they have a, a heavyweight who's the number one ranked heavyweight coming out of high school who will be at ASU next year. And so I'd say look out for Arizona State in the next couple of years. They could really make some ruckus, and they could possibly win a national championship. But, uh, I mean, right now, just to see where college wrestling's at across the country – uh, you know, we talk about the powerhouses like like Penn State, like Iowa, Oklahoma State, but you know, there's some programs that have really been on the rise, like like North Carolina State and Iowa State's climbing up again. And I believe this year Nationals is going to be at, in Minnesota, where the Minnesota Vikings play in that stadium. So you know, we're going to try to pack that thing up as much as we can. But uh, I mean, it's just a fun time to be in wrestling because it's just continuing to grow, and, and just the talent level is amazing right now. The state of Utah has produced some pretty notable wrestlers over the years. Do you keep a, an eye on what's going on in the state of Utah with wrestling much? I do. And actually, a, a really good friend of mine, and he used to be <laughs> he used to be my wrestling rival when we were in college, Ben Carr, is out in Utah. He went to Utah Valley. Yeah. And so, you know, it's exciting to see just, just our neighbors growing in wrestling as well as Arizona. You know, because on the West, we, want, we don't want it just to be the powerhouse on the East. You know, we want these West schools to continue to grow, and that's going to start with the high school programs. And so whatever I can do uh, to help grow that, to help continue to make these, these states tougher, that's what I want to do. And that's why I'm excited for this camp next week. Really quick, I ask you, what about Luke Lofthouse over there at UVU? Him and Ethan uh, have been co- co- coaches now. Of course, Luke and Ethan both have prestigious wrestling uh, resumes, if you will. When, have, you, have you heard about those guys? And what was your thoughts on watching them or at least hearing about their wrestling careers? Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely familiar with Luke and Ethan, and those guys are studs. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to to be a good wrestler, you know, but it's a whole other thing to be able to translate your own wrestling into coaching. And those guys, they know how to do it. They're very knowledgeable. And so uh, just to see them continue to grow their team and continue to bring the talent and just develop it, um, it's exciting. You know, to watch them at the conference tournament, at, at the national tournament, I mean, they're doing great things, and, and that's what we need. I want to continue to support those guys and, and, and the program and, you know, we want, like I said, we want the West to continue to rise. And, and with those guys at the helm out there at Utah, you know, they're, they're in a good position to continue to do that. I want to get back and circle back to this before I let you go, this clinic that's coming up next week. How, how did you get connected with this? Someone of your prestige and uh, notability, how did you get involved with Ridgeline High School and this, this wrestling camp? Actually, a good friend of mine uh, and my agent, Gary Lewis, uh, a family member knew the coach out there, and and I like I said, I'm very familiar with Utah wrestling with Ben Carr, and so we just saw it as a perfect opportunity. We heard the region is tough for wrestling, and so you know that's what I was looking for for an area that was excited about wrestling, that was tough with wrestling, that I could go in and, and just try to you know lend any hand that I could just to help continue to grow the sport. And so I'm just excited to get out there, and hopefully this is really hopefully this is one of many camps. You know, I have a lot of a lot of buddies who are national champs and all Americans, and 
and I'd love to bring them next summer as well. We continue to grow this and just keep building. So you'll be doing the public uh, speaking event uh, next Saturday in the evening, but you're, you'll be pretty involved with the camp during the day? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'll be teaching the clinic sessions, some of my favorite moves, a lot of things on top, my tilts. Uh, it's kind of something I became known for. And uh, also just throughout the day, I'll, I'll be speaking to all the wrestlers, you know, just, just trying to motivate them, just uh, talking about some challenges, life lessons I've learned in wrestling, things that I think can help them out. And, um, you know, really just kind of just, just hanging out. You know, we, we, we say wrestling, it's a wrestling community, it's a family, you know. And, and so I just want to go out there and just really, if there's anything I can do to give back to these kids and, and to the sport, I, I'm all for it. And uh, I'm ready to be out there and, and just to give it my all. Well, Anthony, we're super excited to see you, someone like you, coming into town and uh, being able to share your story, not just with wrestlers, but with with anybody. And I think there's a lot of people that could certainly serve well to to hear what you have to say. So we're excited to have you come into town next week. Well, I'm, I'm honored for the opportunity, and thank you guys again for just taking the time to speak with me. No, thank you. Yeah, no, you, we appreciate your time. Obviously, a great interview by you. We uh, we're looking forward to next Saturday. It's gonna be fun. I can't wait. All right, thanks, Anthony. Thank you. Have a great weekend. All right, uh, Anthony Robles. My uh, gosh. Again, three-time All-American. He's national champion. <laughs> might take you 30 minutes to read his list of accomplishments. I know. I mean, he's a world record Special. holder. He was for for a minute until somebody else broke the record, but now he's That's a crazy. wanted to steal so it back. The guy who broke the record was the one who first held the record. He's like, nah, uh No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not losing this, baby. <laughs> so I can see Anthony being like, yeah, we're going to do it again. Rival. That's fun. That's cool. So, uh, anyway, the, the event is coming up next Saturday at Ridgeline High School, and um, we'll be continuing to share more details as we, as we get closer. But put it in your schedules. Plan to make your evening free uh, next Saturday. I believe it starts at about 6 o'clock there in the Ridgeline High School Auditorium. Uh, the wrestling clinic is happening throughout the day, but uh, the event in the evening, it's free, open to anybody. Uh, and, uh, man, it sounds like it'd be really interesting to hear his life story uh, and some of the things that he's overcome. We just got a snapshot there. Yeah, that was barely even scraping the surface if we even did. Quite I dare you to go and try to get a takedown move. <laughs> uh, he has published a book called Unstoppable. You can tell that's certainly a, a big theme for him, and uh, we'll be working on a movie. Yeah. Up, uh, I wonder who's going to play him. I mean, is it going to be like, uh, I mean, obviously Denzel's too old, as he said. I mean, I don't know how, well, and, and old how do they, Cuban Gooding Jr. is. Well, or... how do you do that? I mean, <laughs> do you wrap one leg in like the green stuff? So Dude, I I don't know. And then, I mean, and the pressure of playing so you can, that like, role. Digitally take it I mean, out, this is no it. small potatoes. This is Anthony Robles. You better not mess that up, buddy. Maybe I should go play him. I think you lack the upper body strength. Excuse me? <laughs> How about you come over here and I'll show you my upper body strength? Uh, hey, let's, uh, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. We really appreciate him and those that uh, helped set that up. Uh, the, the wrestling crew at Ridgeline has been very instrumental in organizing all of this and letting us know about it and helping us set it up. So appreciate them for doing that. Um, and this is, uh, yeah, really excited to see this coming, someone like this coming to, to Cash Valley. It's open to everybody. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back on the other side, let's discuss the NBA Finals. Their game one is already in the books. Game two, what changes might be in the works? And what about this fine to Doc Rivers that got handed out that we're hearing about? I, I think it's, I don't know, I, I just, I think it's a very controversial why they would give him one and 
they let LeBron James slide. So I think there's a double standard with the NBA. We'll get into that as well. Coming up on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. The Full Court Press. Hey, by the way, congratulations to all the graduates in high school today. You are now welcome to adult world where you'll probably get slapped in the face really hardly for the first three months. Realize you're in adult world. Try to figure things out. And maybe succeed, we hope. Wow, that... That was inspirational. That is. I think that maybe I should go to Ridgeline and be like the opening, the, you know. Keynote? Yeah, the, yeah, whatever that person is, you know, when they, before the main dish comes out, you bring out the appetizer. I'm the appetizer. You're a little smoky. Yeah. And then I challenge a kid to a wrestling match. <laughs> uh, last night. Yeah, t- well, today is the last. Uh, actually, it's probably going on now or maybe just concluding. Logan High was the last graduation ceremony to take place locally. It's crazy. School's already out. Everybody else is done. (sighs) I can't believe Uh, it. They've all grown up (laughs) so fast in front of my own eyes. Before before we get into game one, the NBA announced today that Doc Rivers has been playing $50,000. Let it go. LeBron James actively says, I... I would like this guy on my team. And the NBA turns a blind eye. They Doc Rivers says Stop. he's a good player. Stop. He's a talented player. They ask him, what do you think? Yeah, he's a good player. Oh, tampering. $50,000. We're going to slap your hand. How could any current coach or current player come on to a national pregame or postgame broadcast and not be able to comment on what that's happening in the game or the players that are involved in the game. Who did he comment on? He's talking about Kawhi Leonard. He's talking about somebody else that wasn't in the game, though, wasn't he? No, he was talking about Kawhi Leonard. Here's the thing. I mean, how, how, you, can, how can you talk about no, the game or the players you, involved in the game? You know, you're going to get fined $50,000 just be say, for saying, yeah, he's a good player. It's the correct fine to give. It's absolutely the correct fine That's to ridiculous. give. ridiculous. No, it's not. It's it's not ridiculous. You can't go out there and start, you know, flattering players because, you know, it, it, you know the rule, Eric. It's always been the rule. You can't go out and flatter players verbally before free agency hits. You can't do that. LA got drilled with a $500,000 fine. Cleveland's been hit with a five or a huge fine before with it. Miami was hit with a fine before it. What do all three of those have in common? LeBron James. So no, it isn't a blind eye. It's knowing that coaches that it's that just, it's inconsistent. No, it's not inconsistent. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Because you can have a player actively Every guy say, has been fined "Ask me about this guy. I want him on else. my team." You can't do that. There is a difference between saying "I want someone on my team," which Doc Rivers did not say. And just complimenting a player for how they are. Yes, you can. Yes, you know it's not. There is no difference. You cannot say that. 
You can say that both teams present challenges um, or whatever in a generic term, but he was not generic. Oh, let's role play. You're Doc Rivers. Okay. I'm Michelle Beadle. All hey, right. Hey, Doc, what do you think about uh, the Toronto Raptors? Good team? Great team. Defensively, they're well athletic, in the they're long, they're lengthy, they're quick. Okay, um, so their big player, their star, Kawhi Leonard, he's having quite a playoff series, isn't he? A lot of the guys are having a good playoff series so far. That's why they're in the NBA Finals. Yeah, but Kawhi Leonard, he's like playing out of his mind, isn't he? Well, a lot of players are playing well. That's why they're in the NBA Finals. I'm not going to comment on a player specifically because I don't want to get in trouble, but I feel like the whole team has been playing really well. Then you're just Boom. vanilla Guess milk what? toast. And why is your Who opinion cares? Even... Yeah, but would you, why are you be, even there? would you rather be vanilla or would you rather get $50,000 fine? You tell me. I'd rather share an opinion about what's going on. Then share it generically. Don't just go out and break the rules when you already know what the rules are. And by the way, this isn't the first time Doc's done that. He's done it before, too. This isn't his first rodeo. He knows the rules, Eric. So don't give me a pity party about how Doc is being picked on. He's not. The Lakers, Miami, and Cavaliers all have the same thing. And as I already said before, what all three of those teams have in common is that LeBron James was on the team when they got fined. This isn't new. And you know what? When Dennis Lindsay, when you ask Dennis Lindsay about a player, Dennis is smart. He actually thinks. He says, well, I can't really comment on players specifically because of tampering rules, but I will tell you that I feel like that, you know, we are looking at guys that might give us an advantage to hopefully increase our talent or increase what we're looking for to make a push at an NBA championship, which is what our goal is. There you go. How hard was that? You're a smart it, guy. Yes, and it was very boring and very generic. And but he wasn't but he didn't but he get wasn't fined. on a national broadcast. It doesn't matter. You be finals. smart. And you know what? You know dang well. You know dang well who's listening and who's watching. You know dang well. So you give an answer, you give an honest answer without being specific. And you know what? You might be boring, and she might push it. You simply just tell her, I don't want to get in trouble with tampering rules. So I'll just tell you that I think everybody on the Toronto Raptors is capable of having a big game. Because you know what? She said about Kawhi Leonard. Well, guess what? She's an idiot, and she wasn't watching the game because guess what? Kawhi Leonard wasn't that great last night. No. Siakam was. Yeah. Yes. And we do need to get into that, and we, and we are. We're going to do that now uh, on the other side of this. But I just... I, it's a good. It was a what good I fun. heard did not seem like it was a finable offense. And well, I just think that the NBA he broke the rules. The so NBA it is a needs to be offense. more clear and probably should send a memo to ESPN to say, absolutely, you need to be careful. I there you any go. Any current coach, any current player can be at risk of getting a fine for tampering if they comment in any way, shape, or form about any player who's approaching free agency. Uh, that, okay, I will absolutely 100% agree with that. I like Otherwise, that. I mean, you're asking for someone's opinion, and you've got a quality point of view. That's why you're it's there. breaking a rule. You can't say a player's name and compliment him or talk about that player individually. It's a rule. Yeah, you don't need a memo. <laughs> you know the rules. Follow them. Right. Let's talk about the game that happened last night. It's coming up on the other side of the timeout. You see the red stop sign. It was halfway red. It was almost pink, so uh, I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't all the way red. Uh, so we'll talk about the game last night. <laughs> well, the, and will it, will it, hey, I've, had, I've had that happen before. Uh, and will Sunday's game have a similar outcome? We'll discuss that coming up on the other side of the Full Court Press here on 1390 AM, 106.9 FM. Did you get a ticket?
the fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Now to Siakam, far side, right wing. Pascal on the bounce, pull up, jumper. Got the roll over Jamon Green from 18 feet. He's playing great. 24 points on 10 of 12 shooting, five boards, four assists, and they're giving him cushion to shoot, to shoot jump shots. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. What a game by Pascal Siakam. Last night, he was amazing in that third quarter. It was a brutal game. I give Draymond Green a lot of credit for what he did on Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. But Pascal Siakam and Mark Gasol, those two guys, I give them all the credit for what happened last night in Toronto. Here's a few things. Uh, Tommy Beard uh, of, uh, I believe he's Sports Illustrated. He's an NBA analyst uh, for Sports Illustrated, I should say. Check out these two stats. Are you ready for this? This is stupid. Uh, pa- uh, Pascal Siakam had just turned 25 last month. There's only seven players younger than Siakam to ever score 30 points in a game one of the NBA Finals. You ready? George Meekin, Bob Petit, or Pettit, Elgin Baylor, Rick Barry, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Tim Duncan. You ready for another mind-blowing stat? pretty rarefied air right Watch there. this one. Here is a complete list of all players in league history to tally at least 30 points, five rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and two made three shots, or yeah, two made three-pointers. In an NBA Finals game. By the way, do you love how like people just like type in like crazy numbers to like look up who can match up to I know. great who has players? These stat sheets. That's amazing. This is courtesy of B-Ball uh, underscore ref. Here's the names again: thirty points, five rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and two made threes in an NBA Finals game. You ready? Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Pascal Siakam, and that is it. Wow. Wow. That is what Piasco Siakam last night did. And people are saying, well, wait, 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 wait. Where was this in the Philly or Milwaukee series, Pascal? How come we couldn't see this in game one? That's because guys like Jill Embiid and Giannis aren't in his grill at all times. That's why, I mean, guys like Chris Middleton isn't in his ear. Pascal Siakam has a certain move that he goes to. And Philadelphia and Milwaukee credit because they had height and they had a huge height advantage and great weeks, man. They could do what they want to him and stop him. But Pascal Siakam did what he wanted to last night, built some confidence early, hit some big shots. I mean, his stat line is stupid good. Uh, do you have it with you, Eric? I do. Can you read that for me? Because I don't have it right now. Three, uh, three offensive rebounds, five defensive rebounds for eight total, <laughs> five assists, one steal, two blocks, only two turnovers, and 32 points. Do you have a shooting line? Uh, he was 14 of 17. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. And how many minutes? Did he play 40. All- oh, so he played 40. Of the 48 minutes. That's ridiculous. And then and, and, and the thing is, is that I'll, I'll tell you this. Well, we'll get it going State in a little bit. Never mind. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to them in a little bit. With Kawhi having the horrific day he did, uh, what he had like, what, 20 points? He ended up with 23 points. Ten of those came at the free throw line. That might so be. It gives what was a big shooting perspective line? about how difficult it was for him to get off a shot? He was only five for fourteen. Oh my gosh! And three of those were th- from beyond the arc. So, so then, he only made two baskets. Uh, 
inside so the arc. So that's the thing, is that Kawhi had this horrendous night, and they were so keen on Kawhi, and rightfully so, that Draymond Green locked him down. That Pascal Siakam finally got his, his the matchup that he wanted, that he could do what he wanted wherever he was on the court. That's what's incredible. Well, uh, and Pascal deserves a lot of attention and credit for what he did. But I also want to give a lot of credit to Mark Gasol. Give me his line. Uh, he was 6 for 10, perfect at the free throw line. Which was what? 6 for 6. Wow. 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, and a block for Jeez, 20 points. yeah. No kidding. 20? And what really stood out to me is how effective he was on the screen and rolls. Yes. When he'd come out and show, he was so long and he was uh, uh, mobile enough that he was really frustrating Steph Curry. That's the thing. I'm like, how was Marcus All? He's like a big lumbering guy, but he was mobile enough. He was active enough. He, he tipped the ball away. He had some blocks way out. And I was super impressed with his game last night. The, the way they play this, we've talked about it before, Eric. They're muddy, grind out, we're going to just drag you through it. Slow half-court offense is bugging the life out of Golden State right now. Toronto is loving that. They love playing this, you know what, we're going to just take our sweet time. And then if we, I mean, we're going to well, get a turnover it, and we're going to take our sweet time again. Well, and it was a combination of that and they were super effective on the fast break. Yes, when they, they did very, run very it. good in transition. When they did run it, they were Golden very good. State, uh, Steve Kerr mentioned it uh, during the game. He commented again after the game. Draymond Green talked about it, that their transition defense was really bad, and that, that really hurt him. Another guy I want to talk about is Van Fleet. He was, I mean, uh, ever yes. since he had that baby boy, this guy has just been playing out of his been mind. Fire. I mean, it's stupid. What did he have? Uh I mean, 17 points? I don't know. 15 points. 15. But he was great Two from the field. Two assists and a rebound. But I thought that on the court, he was aggressive. Defensively, uh, He was too. making some good decisions. <laughs> yes. Defensively, he was good. Yeah. Uh, that banking three that he had from the left wing at the shot clock buzzard, that, like, banked in. I mean, I mean, it rolled in, rolled out, rolled back in. I mean, Steve Kerr just kind of looked over his guys and was like, yeah, this isn't happening tonight. And, 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 and by the way, credit to Toronto because when they got the 10-point lead, they kept it with at bay. They never let it get closer than five points the rest of the way. Once they got a 10-point lead, it ballooned to 12, got it closer as seven or six, and then never got any closer or further from that. I mean, they just kept Golden State within reach. I mean, well, just at arm's length, which, by the way, Portland couldn't do. Um, and, and a lot of other, I guess, who's the, who they play in the first round? I can't remember. Oh, Houston couldn't do, by the way. <laughs> and uh, whoever they got in the first round, they couldn't do. So that was, the, uh, the Clippers. The Clippers, thank you. And so that's the thing is, is, is Toronto were able to play their own game, and then when they got the lead they won, they were able to keep Golden State at arm's length. And that was the most frustrating thing for Golden State. Now, when you flip the page to Golden State, there's so many things. One, they need Durant so badly. Absolutely. The matchups in the last round for them. They We're didn't so necessarily favorable. need Kevin Durant, but they no. absolutely need him. They have to have him. And he's out for game two, as Steve Kerr's now already mentioned. Andre Godala, who who tweaked his, uh, is it his calf? Or is it no, his... it was upper. It was like a five. Was it a five? A quad. So he tweaked it, went out for the final minute 55. They said he is likely and should be back for game two. I don't know how healthy he is, though. And if he's not 100%, that's a huge issue right now for these guys. 
Absolutely, because he he's a good versatile defender. Yeah. So 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 an unhealthy Iguodala, no Kevin Durant for Game Two, and so you're relying on Draymond Green to I mean to try to shut down Leonard. We got to find someone to stop uh, Siakam. Which by the way, they have nobody. Jarebko absolutely is getting worked. Uh, uh, so they're trying to put Looney on him sometimes. Yeah, and Looney didn't work. Looney was not good last night. And then, I mean, and and it's like you ever see like one of those big like stand up balloon thingamajiggers that like at a store that tries to get you to wave you in or whatever with the long arms. That's Siakam. <laughs> that's what he's doing. He's just waving and, and, and it's frustrating anybody who goes to the hoop. And that's the great thing about Toronto's defense is that look, yeah, Curry might get by the first guy, Van Fleet, Lowry, whatever. The problem is, is unlike Portland, LA, or Houston, they've got four other guys who can reach there in yeah. two steps and just meet you yeah, at great the point. rim. I thought that was a big a big key for Toronto is how they switched uh, effectively and how they were quick on the switches. They didn't give much space. There were a lot of times where Toronto had lots of space around them. Golden State didn't have that same advantage. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins got in eight minutes, I believe. Is that what I had read on a report, Eric? Yes. Not, and you know what? He made a couple good plays. DeMarcus Cousins is not ready to go, and he shouldn't be playing in this gassed. series. He yeah. looked gassed. And he can't play defense, man. His defensive effort was horrific. Look, it's his first game back in over a month. I think. That yeah, he'll but we're be... in the NBA Finals. You can't do that. No, he'll, he'll be better in Game 2. you got a game under your belt. He's got a couple of days to still get his win back a little bit. I think you shut him down for the rest uh, of the year. No. They're, they're going to need him. He matches up against Marc Gasol. Marc Gasol obviously is healthy and is more effective right now, but the minutes that he can give you should be effective for Golden State to, to help against Gasol. I just feel like he can't play defense. He he looks lost offensively at times. He's sometimes in the way, and the ball always sticks with him. The thing about Golden State, what makes him so good, is that the ball's always moving. Hand to hand to hand, boom, boom, boom. It gets you a wide open look somewhere, where it's a dunk, a layup, uh, or an open three. But well, when he gets Toronto into did a good Cousins, job of trying to take that away. That's true, absolutely. But even when uh, DeMarcus Cousins is posting up inside the wing, um, just above the block, the ball sticks in his hands. Get rid of it, man. You're in Golden State. Find somebody or shoot it. But don't let it just stick in your paw because Toronto will eat you alive and they got him last night. I mean, look, game two is going to be huge. I, I know people are like, well, look, we're going back to Oracle Arena. Golden State will fix these. They'll get Kevin Durant back. I know, I'm not so sure. Because remember, Golden State lost to Toronto in the regular season at Oracle Arena and 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 Kawhi Leonard had his way with them. Yeah, th- this was uh, this was a lot of fun. I think part of it too, uh, a team that's been in rhythm, has been playing games more regularly. Golden State hasn't played hadn't played a game for nine days. Um, and Sunday will be very interesting to see the uh, adjustments that get made. Uh, will Kawhi Leonard he scored twenty three points, but those were very 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 hard points to come by. I mean, half of that came at the free throw line. Uh, will he have that same kind of a, a a tough time getting shots and getting looks? Anyway, we've got to take a timeout. We'll come back. Some additional thoughts about Game 2. Plus, NBA mock drafts have been putting together now that these players have made the decisions if they're going to stay in the draft or return to school. How is that changing the landscape? And really, there's really not much consensus after the first three or four picks. So we'll give you an idea of... Uh, 
the different players out there that are being suggested for the Utah Jazz. Coming up next, you're on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Lowry on the dribble. Straight away against Curry. Deep three in the air. Good! Down the bottom of the well for Kyle Lowry. 118-106 Toronto. Eric France and Andre Salveson, that was just the, the dagger to seal the deal, that deep three hey, by wh- Kyle Lowry. How about, how? I hate to do this, but Drake wearing a Del Curry jersey <laughs> in Raptors. You know what he should ah, do? Great. You know what he should do for game two? Wear a Durant Knicks jersey. <laughs> Something custom made. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he and uh, Draymond Green. Oh, they had words. Had some words. Drake's got to shut his mouth, He's man. He's saying it was nothing. Draymond saying it was nothing. But you know what, Draymond? If he does see him in an alleyway alone with no cameras around, he'll he'll be more than happy to. I, I have to give Draymond credit for the defensive effort he had on. Dude, he was so good on uh, Kawhi Leonard. He was he had an impressive game, but a, a triple double, ten points, ten rebounds, ten assists. Uh, guy was doing a lot of things, but uh, game two, uh, I think what'll be really interesting to see is how well uh, Leonard, if he is continued to be hampered in the, the defensive focus of Golden State, or because of Pia- Pascal Siakam's game, they'll have to give him a little bit more attention, and therefore might open some things up for Kawhi. Uh, and then on the other side, who else will step up to help Steph Curry? Yeah, he had a game. Yeah. But other guys really struggled to really get going and find any rhythm themselves. I think Thompson will, will, will get it back. I still think Toronto's 2-0 going to, going to Game 3, though. For whatever happens after that, I have no idea. Don't ask. But uh, Quickly, some names being tossed around that considered for the Utah Jazz and these mock drafts that are putting together. It is all over the place. Uh, no, there is no consistency that I have found. The ringer suggests Nicholas Claxton, 6'11", forward out of Georgia. CBS Sports says... Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a 6'6 guard out of Virginia Tech. NBADraft.net says Brandon Clark, a 6'8 forward out of Gonzaga. Uh, Bleacher Report says Matisse Thibel, 6'6 guard out of Washington. ESPN is saying uh, Grant Williams, he's a 6'7 uh, forward out of Tennessee. NBC Sports says Cameron Johnson, 6'10 forward out of North Carolina. Sporting News says Nasser Little, Small forward out North Carolina. And Sports Illustrated says Keldon Johnson, a 6'6 guard forward combo out of Kentucky. So everybody's all over the place. By the way, uh, four analysts agree with your opinion on the tampering. Uh, expert analysts, I should say. Excellent. As they should. They don't know crap. It's going to do it for us tonight. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good night.